We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Blog Talk Radio. Chatter. I'm your boy, Jess Ray. Um, we're going to have a great show tonight. Uh, we have our guest, Ms. Crystal Bauer-Feldman of the Arcane Revelry Group. But before we get into that, I uh, just want to make sure you guys are tuning in to us and connecting with us on Instagram and on Twitter. On Twitter, we are FCCS Podcast on Twitter. And on Instagram, we are Scatter Chatter Podcast on Instagram. So connect with us, hit us up, maybe hit us up with some show ideas or any questions or comments. You can comment on our link for the show. And uh, without any further ado, uh, Miss Crystal, can we uh, get a little introduction of who you are and what you do? And we'll go into our little Q&A. Hey, Ray, uh, Crystal Bauer-Feldman here. How are you tonight? I'm good. Oh, good. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Missy. Absolutely. Um, me, I, about me, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and I specialize in media relations, marketing, and brand development, brand and business. And now. you and your uh, agency, it's, it's Arcane, Arcane Revelry, right? That's correct, yes, Arcane Revelry. Okay, and how did it come about? Like, when did you, what's year one look like for you? How did it look? Year one for me was the the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, and mm-hmm. I was living in Portland, Oregon, and okay. I previously owned a health food company, and in doing that, I became very familiar with uh, chefs and working with promoting a health food company, you really have to have some kind of pizzazz. So I started creating events that were food-focused, and then this wave of cannabis legalization came across the state of Oregon. Um, Mm -hmm. And one day I decided to add that into the mix, and magic happened. Okay. Yeah. Would you you describe yourself as the typical PR marketing firm, like, you know, uh, like a Sachi and Sachi or Ogilvy, how would you describe your, your agency? Well, there are agencies that are bigger firms, and then there are more boutique uh, private entities. And Arcane is definitely uh, designed to be that which works on a smaller scale um, with more concentrated clients versus a larger firm where you're okay. kind of just managing 
press that's already out there about a company. Um, what we do is we work more with the development side and creating stories. Um, so you have the ability as someone who is more boutique to do that. You have more creative freedom. Okay. All right. So you answered the first question already. Okay. Here's, here's a big one. And I just heard you say this. I hear a lot of CBOs and CMOs and sometimes like creative directors talk about story. How would you define that? And how would you give that to an art director or a graphic designer? Like people say, tell our story. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like, can you define it in layman's terms when you say that? Sure. When you talk about someone's story, you're talking about their brand message, per se. And Mm -hmm. with brand messaging, I mean, this is what you are communicating to your audience or to your consumer or to whomever Mm -hmm. you are, you're promoting your, your business or your service to. So you have to... You have to learn to speak their language. But one of the beautiful things I love about PR is your storytelling. You're shifting consciousness. And storytelling is the oldest form of, of wisdom and one way that we pass down wisdom from generation to generation since the beginning of time. So becoming one of the storytellers and being able to to shift that not only comes with great responsibility, but it does come with the with the creative freedom, if your client trusts you and allows you to, to shape that story with them, which means that for the time that you are managing their public, public relations, you have to become an integral part of their team and their family and all kind of work toward the same goals. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Based on what you're saying, the story, is it, is it, what the the company is doing or where they come from. Like, for instance, like I own, like you said, a health uh, business, right? A health uh, product business. And let's just say I had, my mom had something. I decided to start a store. I I got curious. I decided to start a store because of that or it bloomed from my curiosity on other health care and wellness products. So I went and discovered X, Y, and Z. So now, boom, I ended up with a store to pay for my research on healthcare products. Is that kind of like what a story would kind of be for a person in well, in a nutshell? Well, per se, right? But, uh-huh. you know, I wish that it were – some people's stories were always as wholesome as that. Um, however, yeah. <laughs> you know, like – that's not always the narrative um, that big companies want to push. Uh, the story was something that we call a, a campaign, a publicity campaign. Campaigns are okay. based off of the client's needs, the client's goals, the client, what, what they hope to attain and how they want to be viewed by their audience combined mm-hmm. with, you know, their brand messaging, what defines their brand. So, Let's say Johnson and Johnson. Johnson and Johnson okay. wants you to to trust their brand. No more tears okay. baby shampoo, for instance. So they go mm-hmm. on this campaign where they put soap in baby's eyes and they're like, Look, no more tears. <laughs> so like oh, no. you know, there's there's just like there's many <laughs> 
a fact. But, you know, this is how people tell stories. And it, it's really up to the company and the brands. And what I find quite a bit in it, when I'm working with, uh, with companies is that they might know what that story is that they want to convey, but just don't know necessarily how to express it or how to best get that across to their demographic. And that's where experts like myself come in. Okay. All right. So in our Q and a, uh, what was your first client like or outside of yourself? Outside of myself. Um, well, I mean, I guess it would really, it did start with myself about, uh, 10 years ago, I opened an art gallery in Austin, Texas. Um, okay. And my first shot at publicity was really working with the artists that I was exhibiting in my own gallery. And being mm-hmm. a, being a startup art gallery and, you know, kind of breaking into the art scene in Austin – it required that. Now, I just so happened to have a really great mentor and someone to kind of walk me through things. Um, and he was visiting Austin the summer that I opened up. And his name was B.P. Fallon. And he was the publicist for Led Zeppelin. And he worked for Apple Records. And he opened for U2 for many, many years. He was their publicist. I mean, just an incredible person. Uh, that really sort of showed me, okay, this is this is how you know he lifted the curtain and said, here how here's how things work, and so that gave me the insight I needed to do my own publicity. And okay. as an entrepreneur, owning an art gallery, owning a health food delivery company, owning a food truck, owning just all these different things, I became very skilled in understanding how to get my message as a company to my audience and promote these businesses. And mm-hmm. when I started Arcane, I started it with a publicist. Uh, her name was Diana. Uh, shout out to Stiletto Management. And so, you know, we just did it from the beginning. But I would say that my very first uh, recent client, I guess, would be Nora Gidgaudis, who's a best-selling author that wrote Primal Body, Primal Mind. And I really believed in what Nora did. And Nora had come to a couple of my health food events, and she had, you know, been a big fan of what I was doing. So her and I decided to start working together, and I have made a decision going forward that I will only work with clients who are making positive change because I can't really put my my heart and soul and integral efforts into a team unless it's something that I believe in. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. Only do what you believe in because otherwise, where's your heart going to be in it? And it just becomes just something you're just like, painfully doing every day, like a nine-to-five. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it definitely can even be worse than that when people yeah. fool themselves, you know. So, so you want to okay, make sure you work with conscious people. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that are just you know, into what they do. Yeah. They're plugged in. So when yep. you're talking about the BNPR, like what exactly does a public relations 
person or a publicist do? Do they do graphics? They more so do what? Do they just write a bunch of stuff and bombard people until people get brand recognition of a brand? What do they do exactly? Not necessarily. So, I mean, a, a publicity firm or PR agency could most definitely provide mm-hmm. graphics. It depends on what services you retain from them. Um, okay. A publicist really in public relations has has kind of a, an oversight into everything that that company does that's public facing. So are you putting something on social media? Is that public facing? Like you have to kind of ask yourself through the process, Is will the public see this? Is this public facing? And if so, this needs to be run by my publicist. And it's really just keeping consistency in a brand's image. Um, a good publicist can take you a very, very, very long way because they open doors for you. They What they provide is a type of third-person credibility. So it's not mm-hmm. just you out there saying, oh, hey, I'm, I'm advertising and marketing my brand through Google Ads, or you're not just reading Yelp reviews, which we all know can be bought. You're actually right. getting oh, third-person wow. credibility. Yeah, you're, you're creating credibility for your brand. And and that is that is huge, right? But it's it's almost kind of like the job of a psychologist and like a lawyer at the same time because you have to work with the brands, you have to know where the company's at, you have to have communication, and then you have to take that and finesse it to be totally under public scrutiny and really kind of anticipate how your audience is going to react to that piece. And that's really where I think a good publicist can can make or break you in your business, whether it be at the beginning or, you know, far into it. So I'm going to kind of skip around the questions because, yeah, well, I kind of answered a couple already. Um, So how do I go about choosing the right person? Because you you mentioned, like, somebody being conscious. Uh, How do I go about choosing? Because, Okay, so let's just take me for example, right? I've, I've been involved in some a little bit of serial entrepreneurship. I went and I retained the services of somebody that said that they were very good at what they did. And I lost mm-hmm. like a, a nice amount of money for a small startup. So I'm wondering like how do you go about choosing somebody that can be effective or how do I be more effective with some a publicist? So I think that the big thing is um, is understanding the the person who's hiring a publicist really understanding their own needs and their own goals and their own capabilities. So I have to say that I hear, unfortunately, what you had just told me quite a bit, whereas people, they hire a big PR firm or they hire someone that's supposed to, you know, bring great results, but then they don't necessarily end up their, their expectations are not met. And I think managing expectations from the publicist side as well as the brand side is extremely important. But a good mm-hmm. publicist should know how to properly vet and ask the right questions to make sure that you're a good fit even for them. So it's kind of like how do you choose a good doctor? Or how do you choose a good lawyer? First of all, you go to one who works in your in the specialty that you need 
So don't go to a publicist, um, you know, who's used to working with, let's say, maybe Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato if you're wanting to publicize yourself maybe more so in, like, the, the financial markets. And there's just different publications for different things. As we know, there's a magazine for everything. There's a publication right. for everything. So you have to work with the people that are really inundated into the industry that you need to connect with. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like first and foremost. Next is understanding your own financial budget. Um, with PR, you can't necessarily expect a quick turnaround. PR is a long play. Now, it can be far more effective uh, than marketing expenses and advertising. It mm-hmm. can save you, a company a lot of money to, because mm-hmm. PR campaigns are so closely related to your marketing efforts that those campaigns are generally one and the same. One create, The PR efforts create a sales funnel that funnels straight into your marketing efforts if done right. So you okay. definitely want to, to make sure that you understand okay, I can afford $1,000 a month or let's say $1,500 a month or, five, you know, whatever it is. And I can put that towards this, but I'm willing to not get my ROI, my return on investment for the first like 30 to 60 to possibly even 90 days. And then you, you have a chance to cultivate that story. You have a chance to really work with the brand and develop that identity, create the campaigns, organize the team, and then start pushing it out there. So even when you get that PR, the company is set up to be able to receive all of that attention and that extra business. Okay. I, okay. I want to throw something out there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> from experience, <laughs> two grand a month for three months for just an awareness campaign, putting out a press release. What 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 should a client like me have expected with that? It's just a press release. Just a press release. We just wanted brand. Just okay. We're here. Okay. Um, we we knew you, we wanted. Did you for, have? Uh, okay. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> did you have a specific? Um, Funnel crit, do you have a goal in mind for that? So let's say if you spent 2000 were you hoping to retain 6000 in ROI from that? And what was your call to action in order to make that happen? Um, or do, was it just okay. awareness? It was, one, it was purely awareness. And, two, our, our call, I don't know what you – I don't know how to define a call to action – all I know is our goal was to gain more numbers, more usage first in our, our in our initial launch outside of like doing the you know the party thing, the welcome party. This is pre-COVID, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh awareness and pre-launch all that stuff we just wanted more user awareness and we wanted more people to just sign up and use the services. Okay, so and your call to action okay. would be sign up to use the service. Okay. Maybe you were hoping for increased social media numbers and followers. All that. Subscribers. Subscribers, all that. 
were did you and your publicist set out clear defined goals prior to your, to running clear these campaigns and press goals. releases? Now here's the problem. Okay, you're you're in Florida, but I'm I'm sure that this problem happens in Florida as well. <laughs> the communication with emails and phone calls. Like if you call or if I'm a client and I call you and you return my call like two or three days later, mm-hmm. like, am I important? Like, if, after I paid you, like, where am I? Like, no email. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> and, and we were told, like, you know, like, hey, I do this. I work with X, Y, and Z. I know this guy. I mean, they, they had credible photos and they had credible uh Credible uh, references, but it's like, what the WTF? Like, what is going right. on? So, so now, listen, that yeah. that happens all the time. That happens. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. So now, so now, okay. So now, in everything, I want to know how do I how do I make the best choices, and even for our audience, if they're because now during COVID, everyone wants to work for themselves. How do you make the best decision to choose a PR firm or a publicist such as yourself to move my business forward along with my goals? Because we knew what we wanted, black and white. It wasn't like anything crazy. Very cool, calm people. We were just like, yo, like what? Like what the – we knew – I mean, the ROI, we were like, you know, we're going to chalk it up as a loss because we don't know what could happen. But – there should be some results, something. <laughs> so if you have if you have these clear defined goals ahead of time, and this is a process that I put my clients through, and it's a lot of times it's like they 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 will pay the money, they'll pay the retainer, and they'll say, okay, well just give me results, and it's like, all right, well you have to both of you have to work equally as hard to get those results, and it takes mm-hmm. a collaborative effort. So when I say clear defined goals, it's like when you set this out, let's say, like, I expect, you know, 150-plus followers in the first 30 days, maybe that number mm-hmm. goes up. I expect, you know, this many website clicks. But here's the other thing, too. You have to work with someone who understands how to record those metrics. So you have to have systems mm-hmm. in place that okay. show that, okay, you were picked up by – this many people. So if your goal is to get social media followers, then you need to run a campaign on social media simultaneously, not just a press release. But then that okay. that press release and that campaign that's run in there needs to be kind of like like your story is the head of the octopus and then the eight different tentacles are the different public outlets that you might run a campaign through. And every single one has to be spoken in a little bit different language because it's a different platform. Kind of that multi-pronged approach is really where it's at. But if you don't have those defined goals ahead of time and in some way to say, okay, well, we did during this period of time that we ran this three-month, you know, awareness campaign, we only received 500 new followers. Okay, well, where did those come from? How do you track that? You have something called UTMs, which are little markers that you put onto website links that tell you exactly where that traffic is coming from so you can monitor your campaign. You have a call to action in your campaign that says, 
hey, come subscribe here, like at the end of the show. We'll say, hey, go visit Crystal at blah, blah, blah. That's how that sort of, that's how I feel like you, you best manage your expectations. And when you're choosing a good PR person, you not only want to make sure that they have some sort of specialty in the industry that, that you're looking to penetrate, um, and they have good connections there, and they have good relationships with those people in that industry. But you also want to make sure that they understand what your expectations and goals are, can help you figure them out if you don't know what they are already, and then, mm-hmm. of course, show you and prove to you not only how they have achieved that in the past, but how they plan to achieve that for you going forward. Okay. Okay. So communication is key, but you get a lot of PR people, pictures with other famous people, and look, I could walk up to anybody on Hollywood Boulevard and be like, hey, take a picture with me. It doesn't mean anything, you know? Oh, I went to high school with LeBron James. LeBron James, great. What does that do for you? You know, like, how how does that actually work? So that clout thing is not is not usually real, in my opinion, at all. So. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess in combination of what you're saying is just basically doing due diligence with where we're going to mess with. Because ironically – your name comes up in a lot of the conversations of the people that I know. Like they know who you are. <laughs> and that's, met. that's good. Through the people that I've known, they all say this. It's consistent across the board. It's like, oh yeah, Crystal. Oh shit, shit. y'all need to fuck with her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they always say that. They're like, oh yeah, she's the business. So, yeah. Um. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay, so we'll we'll run with that. So just doing due due diligence, making sure you have clear defined goals, and then communication is is key. Now, okay, oh, we yeah, have that hundred percent key. So when we do that with the retainer, like what happens if there's non fulfillment in that retainer? Like what what do you do then? Are you trying to sue? Or are you trying to like take somebody in the back alley? What's what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I usually refrain from the latter, but if you know if <laughs> if you do have these clear defined goals, you definitely should have a contract in place. And when I put a when I put a contract together for a client, a proposal, I have a heart to heart conversation with them where we discuss our goals and we discuss mm-hmm. what 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 they need from me and what I'm, what I expect from them and what they expect from me. And then we put that all on paper and we go with that. Now, is there a guarantee for any of this? There's never a guarantee. A piece of paper and a contract is only as good as the person who's signing it or the people who are signing mm. it and the, the word yeah. of those people and the morale of those people. So, okay. you know, you have to, you have to use your best judgment, but what I always recommend people do is just start using Google. Make it your best friend. Ask it questions and know how to ask Google questions. What do I need to know before hiring a good PR person? What do I, okay. what does my business need before that? If, if a lot of people would just take five, ten minutes 
to do a quick little research to figure that stuff out themselves, I feel like they become more familiar with what exactly PR and marketing is. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that at like a base level. Like when I hear people even tell me that they're a marketing specialist, there's a doubt that runs through my head that they have no idea even what marketing means because until I actually speak with them face to face. Yeah. Until I speak with them face to face and see if like, do they really get it? And you'll find a lot of people like that, and we get so busy in our in our daily lives, and we expect other people to be honest with us and truthful with us. And, you know, maybe they were referred by a friend, and maybe, you know, they went to high school with LeBron James. But they're, it doesn't mean necessarily that they fully understand how to, to manage your expectations. And I think that that just comes with smart business. And being a business owner myself, um, and then going into PR, I, I understand these frustrations of, of what you deal with when you're like, I just need to get this off the ground. I need to get yeah. my brand popping. I need to get money flowing in. I need to get clients. I need to get busy. How can I best do that? You know, I read this. This inspired me. I want to be like that. So I think that's where it starts, but it really takes the, the, the company owner the brand owner, whoever's managing the brand image to take, take a deep dive and like understand what it is they're asking for even when they go to a PR professional. So. Wow. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So with that, so again, so this COVID, a lot of people are going to start working from home or working from themselves. Like, is, mm-hmm. I know you said, let's look into Google, but I'm coming to you as an expert, right? How, like, at what point do I decide, like, I want to hire a, a publicist or PR? Like, when do I decide or is there a point where I'm just like, okay, this is too much. I can't, I can only blog so much. I can only email so many people. When is that? When do you think that's a good time to do that? I think that's publicity can come at the very beginning of your business. It can come in Mm -hmm. the middle. It can come toward the end of the business life cycle. It depends on the business. It depends on the needs of the business. It depends on what, what are they trying to achieve? Because if you are trying to achieve awareness, that's one thing. But let's say, does the local electrician need PR? The answer to that is actually yes, they do. Because once an electrician who works in Miami somehow gets third-party credibility, they become a trusted source. So how how does that person even, once they get that publicity out there, so let's say Miami Herald writes about, you know, somebody who's saving people from getting electrocuted in, in tropical storms here and comes up with some genius thing, you know, all of a sudden everybody's calling them, oh, please, I want to be safe. I don't, you know, I don't want to get electrocuted when the hurricanes come. Great. But then what does that electrician do with that message once it's out there? Because that's a few seconds, possibly a few minutes of someone's life in one day that they read that information. How do you make it stick? And so in Mm. order to do that, you need consistency. So it's, it's not just the, the job of the PR person to put it out there. 
is also the job of the PR person is to work with the marketing team and work with the business owner to keep that message consistently moving and in the right circles. So it always it, it keeps building on itself. Wow. Okay. Mm. So it's uh, it's a thing. So it's like uh, it's like maintenance. So you get that one good hit, and then after that, you got to follow up with it, like a like a follow up or a combination type of hit. So you would do like Absolutely. so, for instance, like you're saying. So you would like say, for instance, that article comes out an article similar to it, then after that you follow up with social media. Did you see so-and-so in this? And then on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and then, I don't know, there's a TV appearance, Brit- maybe a podcast. I don't know. Britney Spears is still riding that train where she shaved her head and, like, freaked out on a reporter. Okay, so, like, you see what? how that works? <laughs> like, so, good, good PR can take you a really long way depending on what you do with it. Oh man, that's uh that's interesting. Okay. Um all right. So we have that. Now small business I don't know if it's safe to even ask this, but I'm a I'm a ask and you can answer if you'd like. What okay. are we looking at budget wise or either budget wise I should budget or don't even talk to me unless you have X amount of dollars or anybody for that matter. What are we looking at? Like as far as like just entry level to see some type of effectiveness in ROI or anything with our business for a publicist. Like what should come to you with a retainer, like budget wise? So that's really that's really rele- yeah, it's very relevant and it's relevant to the um to the publicist, the size of the agency, the size of the firm. Listen, you can go to a big firm, I'm not going to name names, and you can fork out $5,000 a month and you can get, you know, three or four hot shots working on campaigns and still not get the results you want because they're also managing 10 other clients and their Rolodex right now because it's a firm, right? You can get somebody maybe a little less expensive um, that has more time to dedicate and spend on your brand because it's got to be a love thing. You have to love who you work with when it comes to this stuff. It's very personal and you have to trust them. It's like the trust is the key to good PR too. You have to trust that professional to, you know, with, with the stake and reputation of your business. So with, with that, you know, you can get someone who can charge you 5k a month. You can get someone, let's say on retainer, you're probably not going to get less than about a thousand to fifteen hundred. But mm-hmm. sometimes, with with the right clients, especially if I really believe in what they're doing, it's wise to do little a la carte things. To to do little okay. here. How about a placement here? And how about a placement here? And maybe we go two fifty, five hundred. Maybe we go seven fifty. And you give them these little a la carte placements to sort of get their feet wet, to get them to understand how to work with this sort of PR. Then maybe graduate on to like a larger retainer. But at that point, they've seen results. They trust you. They see how you put their brand in the public's view. And then they want more of that because they're getting good responses from it. So for someone mm. just starting out, I recommend someone going with a smaller boutique 
type agency and working on with these a la carte sort of instances right at first because that also too helps you understand is this a, a good long-term client for me and am I a good long-term fit for their team? Oh, so it's kind of like getting your feet wet. Yeah, because with with PR, you want to give it 90 days. You know, if you hire somebody on retainer, um, you know, I require a 60 to 90 day contract because it takes that much time to actually dive in and discover what is that message, what is that story, where are we going to put it, and what are your expectations? What are your mm. goals? How do we get okay. those back? Okay. I see that. Wow. All right. So so you should so get your feet wet and then I guess it's kinda like I don't know. It's kinda like it's like dating. So you just kinda like wanna like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You kinda wanna like romance and massage the whole situation and see if you guys you feeling each trust. other out and if y'all wanna go long term or not. You wanna build trust because the other thing that can be very daunting is putting all of your time and energy into a project. And then, you know, the client not being happy with the results, people on the mm-hmm. team not, let's say, necessarily trusting you in, in your vision and what you're doing, and it can become very demotivating. Um, right. So, you know, it's, it's more about building trust. And, yeah, it absolutely is like dating. I think business in general is a lot like dating. You know, if you're going to go into a situation where you're dealing with them on a daily basis and you're having to manage their expectations, how different is that from a relationship? So, right. you know, but can, I mean, is it possible? Like, okay, we're talking about, that's one, a major thing with like PR project management. I think pretty much if you're working for somebody or with somebody, it's always managing expectations. Is there ever a point where it's just objective where you just like, okay, this is all we're looking for. If you can fulfill that and we're in good communication every day, I'm good. I'm not going to get all sad. I'm not going to get upset. I already know I'm taking a risk. Like, is there ever that happy, rainbow, smiley face, cotton candy situation? Of course. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There are people that are very easy to please and have Mm -hmm. lower expectations from the get-go. Um, and are delighted with results when they see them, right? And then there are people that come in with really demanding expectations and always always look out for the people that don't want to pay. They always have the highest expectations. Um, and so you just have to <laughs> you have to know that from the get go. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, I do. <laughs> They're like, I want this, you know? I want the song, this and that, and the third, but <laughs> I only pay you $2. And you're just like, what? Like, I can't even go outside for $2. Like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> what are we doing right now, people? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess people just, like, expect the world, but don't, like, research how it works first before they have those expectations. It's really – 100%. People assume that they know just because they heard from somebody else this is how it should be. Oh, man. Okay, so as we come to a close, yeah, I know you keep 
I know you said Google, but I'm going to ask you because you're here right now. My top, what are my top five things or the audience members should know before hiring PR so that they're not looking like total noobs or something like that? Outside of looking up (laughs) Google, or what should they research in Google, like specifically, so they have a better understanding how things work when they come to a person like you? So Google is all about the, the key to using Google as a tool is understanding the right questions to ask. So first right. of all, what's your question? <laughs> what's your question specifically? Well, I'm, well, my question specifically is uh, is what what should I what should I come to the table with? Like, do I need to come to the table with a style guide and like here's who we are or at least who I think we are? And no, they should else? provide that with a campaign. No, style guides should be provided with a specific campaign made in conjunction with your marketing. Um, if that mar- if you are the person who does the marketing, um, mm-hmm. it's wonderful that you, you know about style guides. But let's say that you're running a campaign. Obviously, you mm-hmm. want everything to be consistent, meaning you want your logos to be consistent. You want right. your colors to be consistent. You want your fonts to be consistent. But some campaigns, let's say, let's look at the, the, the BLM movement, right? Um, mm-hmm. There was a very specific color scheme, black and white, through that whole campaign and how it worked. So mm-hmm. you have to – that's something that they should provide with you. Um, what, what to ask or what to look for, um, top five things. So for mm-hmm. one, you have to have trust. I think that that is the root of it all. The company has to trust you fully and allow you to have some creative freedom with what what they're doing. They have to trust your vision. So there's a big alignment that needs to really, you know, just kind of happen there. Um, You need to choose somebody who really understands the media landscape that you're trying to penetrate. And in order to penetrate your target demographic, you have to understand who your customer, who your audience is. Is it Sally? Okay. How old is she? Is it Bob? How old is he? What does he do? What are, what are his interests? So that's where a lot of the marketing factors come in. Um, okay. It's got to be a collaborative approach. So you want to work with someone who's not like they're communicative, like you said, like you don't want them getting back to you three days later. Um, you want them working hand-in-hand <laughs> hand with you throughout the whole process because this can be a lot of pressure on, on someone who's not used to public scrutiny, for instance. Um, right. And you want to have somebody who keeps things timed appropriately because PR is all about timing. It's all about okay. timing. It's timing for your business. It's timing for the conversation in media. It's, converse, it's, it's timing of what makes your brand important to this, to this day and age right now. You know, like the Black Lives Movement, let's say, let's take that, was not as relevant 10 years ago. The timing now is so much more important. So everything, I think, with business has to do about timing. So someone who who can understand that, but also someone who can not just 
throw you out to the wolves in front of the spotlight, but mm-hmm. someone who can actually support you on the back end with metrics and work with your marketing team to help you funnel and like garner and, and reap the fruits of, of that labor of putting it, that into the PR, the, the log hole, the, the end goal, which is once you get that ball moving, there's no stopping it unless you want it to stop. But even then, good luck. So it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's something that you really have to be invested in someone with. So you definitely don't want to just hire anyone and take a chance. You want to take your time. You definitely want to take your time and get to know them. Okay. So those are great points. I get it. What is the, okay. Mm-hmm. I think this is interesting. What's the romance period like, like for like somebody like you and a client, like, is it like, uh, like you don't want to be bugged on the phone like every day, like, oh, I had this great idea, and look, would you, would you have rather like them kind of like, okay, I'm going to, or you're going to an, okay, maybe pre-COVID, okay, so I'm going to this sure. event, maybe you can come by see how I work, or how does that, what's a soft way of like getting to know my publicist? or gaining the trust outside of a referral or something? Well, you see this conversation between us has taken, you know, at approximately 30, 35, 40 minutes. Right. When you have the right communication, you don't need a whole lot more on top of that other than the effective communication. What you could probably... I would say estimate is probably a good, I don't know, one to three hours prior conversation, whether that be on phone or Zoom with the publicist for them to get a full understanding of your brand, where you want to go, and then be prepared to do your homework. You know, be prepared to provide them with analytics and your inner working processes. Like you have to open up your business and every aspect of your business to this person which feels a little bit unnatural for a lot of people. And there usually is a lot of pushback there, but that's where that trust comes in where you have to do that in order for them to do their job the most effective. So I would say you could, you could gauge about one to three hours prior, but feel, feel free to ask them, uh, you know, to speak with their prior, their prior clients, feel free to ask them for, um, you know, every every publicist should have obviously lots of published work. Get a portfolio, look at it, see if it's their copy, how they how they speak, how they put the the language and the message into the press releases matches what you like. You know, so it's it's really about knowing the questions I think to to ask them and saying, hey, so far so good. I like what you're saying. I trust you on this. Now can you just show me a few things that can help put me at ease that you can actually achieve the goals that I'm looking for and go from there and make sure you know, it works that's... for you budget-wise. Right. You know, that's interesting. You, you made something I didn't think about, asking for a portfolio. I didn't think that you – I didn't think you guys had a portfolio. I just thought it was like a couple tear sheets, <laughs> and that's a wrap. 
station, you should be able to go back and look through what a publicist has done, the press releases that they put out, um, the interest garnered from that, where, and, and feel free to ask for references. Like I said, I mean, it's, you're hiring them for a job. So if you were hiring a, a CEO, if you were hiring a, a marketing professional, would you not call their prior bosses? Find out what's up. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I see you. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay. I, I learned a lot, and I hope the audience learned a lot from this uh, conversation. Uh, all right. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up on that. Um, Crystal, can you drop the company? How to contact you? If somebody wants to do business with you, all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, email, best way to get in contact with me, and that's just crystal at arcanerevelry.com, and that's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L at A-R-C-A-N-E-R-E-V-E-L-R-Y.com, arcanerevelry.com. And you can visit the site. I would recommend going to Twitter, uh, which is just at Arcane Revelry, or Instagram, which is at Arcane Revelry, or Facebook, which is at Arcane Revelry. Uh, my LinkedIn is a wonderful place to connect with me for serious, serious business. And that's just my full name, which is on the thumbnail, Crystal Bauer Feldman. Bauer All right. Spelled like the B A U E R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Crystal, <laughs> thanks again for coming on. Um, Absolutely. Looking forward to maybe doing a, a future show with you on maybe another topic. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, audience, uh, please contact Crystal. Get in touch with her. Leave us any comments or questions below. And if you have any questions, I'll be sure to forward them on to her. And, again, Get in touch with us on Instagram at Scatter Chatter Podcast and on Twitter at SCCS Podcast. And I think that's it. And we're out. Mm-hmm. So till next time. Bye, guys. Thanks, Ray. Bye.